those that are faithful to him. And so I ask us this evening, are we staying faithful? I think it's a very fitting question for us to ask ourselves as heavy or as eternal as the consequences are. And so I invite you to one verse in James 4, verse 4. You don't have to turn there. Um, but James 4, verse 4 reads, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the, that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And the church is likened to as the bride of Christ, and that is who we are identifying as tonight. We're the church, part of the church, part of the bride of Christ. And those, the faithful bride of Christ is who Christ is coming back to take home with him to spend eternity. And there is, we live in a, a world that is at war with God. And if we become friends with the world, that's, I believe, unfaithfulness to God. And so it's a very important question for us to ask ourselves. Are we faithful? Are we a faithful remnant tonight? This topic of um, technology, I kind of don't have the term technology in my mind when I think of this topic. I, I, I call it digital entertainment. That's kind of what my, my message is based on, is digital entertainment, because it is a specific kind of technology. And I believe it's a very dangerous part of technology. Technology is good. I, I am not here tonight trying to, trying to um, bash technology because I am not anti-technology. I, I use a smartphone, I use uh, laptops and that stuff. But my focus tonight is on the digital entertainment aspect element of the digital, the digital technology that we have, that we carry with us. Some maybe strap on us. We are, we are incorporating that into our lives more and more and more and I want to take a, a look at what it is, what, what, is, what are the effects, and what is it doing to us? And um, before we dive into most of it, I would like to ask us a question. If we were to ask God, since the smartphone came out, I don't remember which year it was, but if we were to ask God if he saw an increase or decrease in attention to him or in love and adoration of his word and of his body, what do you think he would say? What would God have to say 
about the impact that the smartphone had on his people. Do you think the attention span of God's people to him is as high as it would be without the smartphone? Just some questions for you to ponder. And I do want to be clear that I do not believe this this danger of digital entertainment is a new thing. It has been around for as long as uh, humans have been in existence that there is an entertainment that is dangerous. A secular entertainment is is the world. It is not it is not part of the body of Christ. And I would like to look at a uh, quote that an early church writer wrote, uh, Tertullian, in AD 197, wrote, The Lord himself is our witness that we have the case of the woman who went to the theater and came back demon-possessed. In the exorcism, the, when, the, when the unclean creature was upbraided for having dared to attack a believer, he firmly replied, And in truth I did most lawfully, for I found her in my domain. Grant that there are things that are most pleasant, things both agreeable and innocent in themselves. You even have some things that are excellent. Nobody dilutes poison with gall or bitter potions. Rather, the poison is put into well-seasoned and sweet-tasting mixtures. Similarly, the devil puts things of God, things most pleasant and most acceptable, into the deadly drink that he prepares. So this was a long time ago roughly 2,000 years ago. And a woman was attacked by Satan. And she went to the theater and came back demon-possessed. And when Satan was confronted about it, he said, I did most lawfully because she was, where, she was in my domain. And this evening, is it any wonder if we struggle with, with immorality, if, we, if we're in Satan's domain. If we're willfully going into Satan's domain in, in uh, I want to be, be careful tonight, but uh, if we willfully put ourselves into, involve ourselves into uh, secular entertainment, is it any wonder that we're going to struggle? I don't think. And tonight, I have this question. Is it possible that we have the wonderful tools that technology can offer us? And Satan has mixed with that a deadly drink, a poisonous drink for us. Is it possible? I have... uh, titled this message, The Cancer of Digital Entertainment, because I think that there's a lot of similarities between uh, cancer and, and the influence of digital entertainment. And um, one of those reasons is because they both creep in unawares. They both creep in without anybody knowing about it. The second way that I think they're alike is that they both 
do not, they both do not, neither of them produce exterior or external symptoms right away. It starts inside where nobody sees it and it boils there and it grows there until it cannot be contained inside anymore. And then with cancer, uh, you start getting symptoms of a sickness that is going on inside of your body. And the same thing is true for the um, influence of digital entertainment. That can be hidden for a while. The influence can be kept in check for a while. But scripture says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And that is the truth tonight. That if we are pondering, if we are involved in immoral content on our devices, there is no way that is going to stay in your heart. It is going to come out. And I don't want to judge, but I think there are signs. There are external signs of the digital Hollywood having an effect in our churches. I think it's, I think it's there. <clears throat> It might not be very obvious, and uh, I believe that is because the external conformity part of it is easier to maintain than internal integrity. So a lot of us still have the external conformity. But where is the internal integrity? Is it at the same place? Does our external conformity and our internal integrity line up? Or is the one down here and the other up here? Just some questions. Another reason that I think it's the same is that if it goes on unnoticed and untreated, it wreaks havoc. It brings death. And we know that about cancer. And I believe the same thing is true for digital entertainment. Digital entertainment is, um, is run by, by who? Who runs digital, who controls digital entertainment? And a lot of it is controlled from, I, th I think, Hollywood and, and the technology that we have, uh, smartphones, uh, iPads, whatever. TikTok, Instagram, all those things. So they, Silicon Valley is where that stuff is, is designed and, and engineered. And there's a very fascinating thing that goes on in Silicon Valley. And that is that those people in Silicon Valley send their children to schools that do not allow technology. Zero technology, no screens. They don't even want the children to have screens at home because screens, screens, they're just, they're just terrible for a child's brain. It wrecks a child's brain, literally. It does. But these tech executives do not want their children to have 
the stuff that they are engineering. Uh, Tim, is it Tim Cook? I forget all these guys' names, but yeah, I think it's Tim Cook. Uh, he said that he does not want his nephew on social media. He does not want his nephew to have social media. Why? There is a uh, former executive of Facebook, I think it was, assistant executive, I think, that said that she thinks the devil lives in our smartphones and is wreaking havoc on our children. So my focus, my goal for this topic is to raise an awareness, much like cancer people, you see these ribbons out for raising an awareness of cancer, and that is my goal tonight, is to raise an awareness of what is going on that we can't see, that we don't, that we don't just see. And the first thing that, so there's a ton of things that are going on in, in the digital world, and one of them is they, the screens, do chemically alter the brain. Like that is, that is factual, that screen time does chemically alter your brain, just like drugs. A screen addict's brain scan looks almost identical to any other meth or coke addict. Almost identical. There is, there's no argument there. Just tonight, this afternoon, my neighbor was going crazy because she was on drugs and running around the neighborhood, banging on people's doors and and I don't know what all, but uh, finally they came and got her, the state police. But uh, I had, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, I forget, I had gone down to her because she, has, she had this habit of sitting out, or her car was out in the driveway running and rocking out with uh, hard rock. And she was jog, uh, just jogging up and down the road and in and out and doing all kinds of weird stuff. So one Sunday night, I got tired of this. Uh, we were trying to go to sleep, and or I wasn't in bed yet, but the children were. And we had this rock music down the road blaring out, and it's, it's, it was just awful. So I went down and decided I'm going to see what's going on. And I went down to talk to her. And the poor woman, she was sitting in her car, and I came and knocked on the window. <laughs> she about lost it. But uh, she was high then, too. And uh, I tried to talk to her about God, but <clears throat> she loved God. She told me she loved God. But then today, she was totally lost it, completely. She was running around, uh, holding on to her back like something was getting her. And um, I was there trying to talk to her and just totally berserk. And... Um, She took it, she had a drug in her body. She, she, I don't know how, what she used, but she was on drugs and 
that drug affected her brain and gave her a high. And the same thing happens uh, to people that smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol. Uh, the same thing is happening. Your, whatever they are taking, alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, it all does, it all triggers your body to produce dopamine and your, your body has so much, your brain has so much dopamine that it can't use it all and it just gives you this high. And what happens is people build resistance to that, to that drug, just like any drug, uh, alcohol, cocaine, meth, Everything that people take, it, your body builds resistance to that and it builds a wall to, to, uh, to reject the dopamine that is being produced. And after a while, they don't get a high from that drug anymore. And the same thing happens to screens, with screens. You get a high when you get on your screen. It gives you a high. It, this, so, uh, drugs enter your body one way or another. Most of them you take in your mouth, you, you take up your nose or you inject in your veins. This drug goes in through your eyes. And the same thing is happening. It is producing a high level of dopamine because of what is going into your eyes. It's the truth. That is what's happening. And after a while, you build a resistance to that drug and you can't handle it. But I would like to turn to Ephesians 5 and read a few verses there. So we know what is happening. We know that our screens are doing the exact same thing as what... Um, meth and cocaine are doing. Are we going to be okay with that? And I want to make something clear that um, the dopamine, the high levels of dopamine that screens give you is mostly from um, from social media and and video games. So just texting and like word processing and things like that, it, while it does affect your brain, it does not produce the same dopamine high as, uh, as interactive games and social media that, that has the infinite scroll and, and all those things that, go, that are going on. And there is a lot, so there's a lot on social media that we just take for granted. As far as the colors that the buttons are, the light button, the color, and the things that pop up in your feed, it's not, it's not by accident what is popping up. The social media apps are, and all apps are controlled by algorithms that... So you, if you have a smartphone, you are being monitored. You are being monitored. These app developers, these people that build apps, they are tracking you, your habits and your lifestyle, 
so that they can better learn how to control you. They'll tell you that. And so they go as far as withholding likes from your social media platform, whatever you use. And then once they have you at the right time, when this algorithm senses that uh, you're going to respond the way they want you to respond if you give them these bursts of likes. And they'll give you that burst of 10 likes and have you respond the way they want you to. So the goal of these, these apps are to control you. Uh, there's a guy out there somewhere in California that, that said that we are all part of a controlled set of experiments. We're being experimented on by seeing how we react to what they feed us and, and uh, tracking our behaviors. But chapter 5 of Ephesians says, Be ye therefore followers, followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling sweet savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor chesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. So I want to ask us here. In verse 3 it says that fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness should not be named once among us. Does social media or digital entertainment promote any of these things? Does, do saints, do Christians fall into these kinds of things because they're on uh, digital entertainment platforms? says, let it not be named once among you. And it says, let no man deceive you with vain words. So there's another thing here that, well, did the digital devices that we have are a drug that are wrecking humanity. There is no social stigma behind them like there is in cocaine and meth and smoking even and drinking and all of those things. There's a social stigma behind them that, that kind of divides classes a little bit where um, some people don't do it simply because of the social stigma behind it. And it's keeping some people out of it. But this, this drug does not have that because everybody's doing it, right? Not everybody, but seems like it. So that is not holding anybody back from, from becoming addicted to this drug. So I want to ask us another question. Why do we have devices that are connected to the World Wide Web in our pockets, on our body, 24-7? Why? 
I think it was easy for us to reject the television because, well, it's garbage. Nothing good on there, so why do we need it? And rightly so. But what about the smartphone? We have a lot of useful tools on the smartphone, so it's here. We have it. I would like to suggest that digital entertainment is a product of the world. I don't know, that might just be my opinion, and so I don't care if somebody wants to disagree with me on that. But I believe that digital entertainment is a product of the world because there are people that do not have God, that do not have Jesus Christ in their hearts, and there's a void there because we were meant to have, God wants us to have his spirit within us. And if we don't have that spirit, we're going to feel empty. And we're not going to need to fill that cavity with something. And so there's a drive, a motivation in the world to fill that empty space. Because if it's empty, it's uncomfortable, and we feel like something is missing, and we're not finding fulfillment in life. So we're searching for something, and that is where digital entertainment has exploded because people are empty and searching for something to fill their hearts with. So that's why I believe that digital entertainment is a product of the world because it is, uh, there is a demand from ungodly people to fill that void. So we have useful tools on our phone. Has it stopped at the useful tools? I don't know if anybody here would say that it has, but I don't think it has. And why not? And the reason why not is because we can't control it. Screens are engineered to addict. There is, that's the goal. That's the goal of these tech giants, is to addict you to their device, to their platform. And they're getting it. People are addicted. In North Korea, there is 400 digital rehab centers. 400 digital rehab centers. And they are, they are um, putting children as young as three through rehab because they're digitally addicted. And you know what the first thing is they do that you go into rehab? They take your screen. No screen for minimum of four to six weeks. This woman that I was talking about earlier had been clean for two years. She had been an addict before. She had been clean for two years and she fell back in. That's what we're dealing with, with our smartphones exact same thing, no difference. In fact, brain scans of porn addicts look worse than a meth or a coke addict. We would never think of doing meth, would we? We would never think of doing that. I hope not. But what about porn? It does worse things to your mind, to your brain. There is a uh, 
Bertrand, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but Bertrand Russell was a British mathematician and philosopher uh, in the late 1900s, I believe it was, or middle 1900s. And he said this, perhaps the most important of all the modern agents of propaganda is the cinema. Where the cinema is concerned, the technical reasons for large-scale organization, organizations leading to almost worldwide uniformity are overwhelming. The great majority of our young people in almost all civilized countries derive their ideas of love, of honor, of the way to make money, of the importance of good clothes from the evening spent in seeing what Hollywood thinks good of them. That was before the smartphone. That was before the internet, or I think before the internet. And he goes on to say, I doubt whether all the schools and churches combined have as much influence as the cinema upon the opinions of the young in regard to such intimate matters as love and marriage and money making. The producers of Hollywood are the high priests of a new religion. And that's, I think that's the truth. I look back on my life and a word as simple as love. Hollywood taught me what love was. And it's teaching you if you're following them. Are we okay with that? That was before we had the cinema in our pockets, in our homes. This guy said that. There is um, ads on your phone, everywhere on uh, the internet. There are ads there and so there's a lot that is going on in your mind, in your brain, when you're on your phone or tablet or whatever it is you're using. There's a lot of things happening in your brain. But one of the things that's happening when you are on, like watching a movie or something, or on social media, and so you have lots of different parts in your brain, and I don't understand them all, but some of them that are involved in this particular uh, process is the frontal lobe and uh, a part back here called, uh, I forget what it's called, but it is, so your frontal lobe is where it regulates um, joy and happiness and education happens there and that's, that's where you feel pleasure is in the, I think in the frontal lobe and what is going on when you're watching a video or on social media your frontal lobe gets subdued because it can't handle the high rate that information is coming at you. So things are happening so fast that your, your brain cannot process it all. And so it, it kind of goes into sleep mode where it kind of just goes to sleep. And when it does that, the other part of your brain, um, I can't think of it right now. I don't know if I wrote it down. The limbic system. 
limbic system is, I think, right behind your ear. And that is the part of your brain that has your desires, like fear and lust. And uh, it needs to be in submission to the frontal lobe. If it's not, then you're driven by your desires. And children, children don't have that, that balance yet. I think it's 25 where your, most people have the balance of the limbic system in submission to the frontal lobe where your, so your frontal lobe is where your decision-making happens, where you make your decisions. It's, it's where you know the right and wrong. And what happens is that part of your brain gets sh starts shutting down when you're watching a movie or on social media, and your decision-making goes down, so you're not prepared to make a decision anymore. And your limbic system is running on high because it's, it's feeling all kinds of things, like uh, all kinds of things, emotions and things that you're feeling because of what you're watching. And that puts you in a very highly suggestive state where you're going to make decisions on your desires. And tech people know this. And that is why they play ads in your videos because they know that you're not prepared to make a good choice and they're going to hit that. Um, so are we okay with, with uh, having our right and wrong, our decision-making part subdued on an evil platform? Uh, I shouldn't say evil platform, but on a platform that hosts evil things. It's a very dangerous place to go because we are not in control anymore. Hollywood is controlling you. Um, screens are, so they have this uh, VRRS. They have the variable ratio reinforcement schedule where the, it, it rewards you. It, it's the same way that gambling operates, uh, slot machines. They, all, they, they all work on the same schedule where they give you just enough to keep you there, just enough. They reward you and they, it keeps going to keep you on their site. Um, the next thing I want to look at is what is being pushed on social media. And I'm quoting a research organization. It says, in 2022, when researchers for a nonprofit created TikTok profiles posing as 13-year-old girls in the United States, UK, Australia, and Canada, they scrolled through videos served to them, stopping to watch and like videos about eating disorders, body image, and mental health. They found that TikTok recommended suicide content within 2.6 minutes and eating disorder content within eight minutes. Suicide rates are at an all-time high, and it's not by accident. They're being told to do it, and we are too. Our people are being told to do it. And if you haven't encountered it already, I bet you will before you know it. It's there. We are being manipulated. 
everybody can say that we are an exception. We're not. We're not an exception. It is affecting you. If we are partake, if we are involved in in Hollywood in in Hollywood stuff, we are subject to the exact same things. There's something else that really scares me. And I think we're all aware of uh, the fetal alcohol syndrome and babies that are born to drug addicts. They're, they're just, I feel really sorry for them because they're, they're handicapped because of somebody's poor choices, because of somebody's sinful lifestyle. And there is increasing evidence for a genetic predisposition for two addictive behaviors in digital addiction. And that what is happening, and this research is ongoing, it's not done yet, but it is increasingly evident that this is what is happening. That babies, children, are being born to uh, screen addicts that have an insufficient amount of dopamine or serotonin and or else an inadequate or um, an inadequate number of dopamine receptors so that the dopamine cannot be used properly and what the problem that this is creating is that parents you can't you can't um, comfort somebody like this because the child can't feel love or affirmation or it can't feel it's it's numb like uh, what did they call it anhedonia it's a medical condition anhedonia that numbs the brain where you can't feel you can't feel anything you don't feel anything no love no nothing and it's I think it was most common in schizophrenic people where there's just absolutely no feeling there. And that is what's happening in these, in these babies where they have, their mind is numb to uh, things that you and I would find pleasurable or, or rewarding, uh, like somebody talking to you. You can find, we can find fulfillment in talking with somebody. And most of your babies, you, they're crying, you come and coo at them and uh, play with them, they, they'll settle down. But these babies aren't, they, their, their, brain has, their brain has been chemically altered um, to not feel those things because of the, the mom's digital addiction. The mom's brain had built an, a resistance to um, feeling love and compassion and the baby was born without the ability to feel that. And so the moms, the parents, nobody is able to comfort these children or make them feel affirmation or love. The only thing that does that is a screen. It's a terrible thing. And we know that it happens with drugs and alcohol. We know that, right? 
Nobody, I don't think there's anybody here that would dispute that drugs, a mom addicted to drugs or alcohol while she's pregnant is going to hurt her baby. I don't think there's anybody here that would argue that. And the same thing, evidence is showing the same thing for screen addicts. Do you care about that? Um, the next part of the topic was on the diagnosis of cancer, which I think we're gonna skip through that because we need to keep moving. Um, then, back to Ephesians 5. <clears throat> I think we left off reading at verse seven. Verse eight, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable, acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done in them, of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, let, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So we had looked at a uh, bunch of maybe symptoms or causes of this addiction or cancer or whatever you want to call it. But now in these verses, I would like to look at uh, the treatments. So if we're diagnosed with cancer, um, I think we're all going to be ready to accept treatment. And I think that the Bible offers us all the treatment we need for whatever we might be facing in this digital time. It says, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Wise. I think there is a lot of wisdom in looking at the facts scientific facts of what is happening in our minds. Uh, Brother Weston shared in the devotions this morning about the time when they were sacrificing babies in their religion. And I don't know if we're that far from that. 
we might not be sacrificing the body, but the brain is pretty close to being sacrificed. He's calling us to be wise, to proceed with wisdom. It says in verse 19, to, says to speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a, a part that we all need or we all need to be thankful. And I don't think digital entertainment motivates that uh, thankfulness in us. I don't think it does. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. How well are we doing with that? And I will say, um, for whatever it's worth, the first, the first symptom of digital addiction is anger and aggression. Are you feeling any of that yet? <laughs> then the next part, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And I think this is a very important verse, a very important thing that we step up to the plate and be the men that God has called us to be. Be husbands that love our wives. I don't think that any of us would encourage our wives to partake in anything that would chemically alter our baby's brain. I hope not. Um, Then in verse 26 and 27, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That is God's goal for his church, for his bride, is to be without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. And I ask us tonight, is digital entertainment helping iron out those spots? Is digital entertainment helping the church to maintain purity? Helping the church to uh, be without blemish? Helping the church in holiness? Or is it the opposite? And if we can identify which it is, I don't think it's neutral, but you decide. Is it promoting holiness? And um, without a spot or wrinkle? Or is it working the other way? And if we can decide on that, is there anything we're going to do about it? I think it is time for us to wake up and be proactive and guarding our brains against, against manipulation by Hollywood, because it is happening for uh, digital addicts. There's one thing that statistically, and I hope it's not true, I don't think it is, I know it isn't, but statistically, 
every teenager that takes a cell phone, a smartphone, into their bedroom is addicted to pornography, statistically. And I don't think it's true, and I hope not. But the chances are very high that we have porn addicts. A guy that works at Google said that we have the largest, most standardized, most centralized form of attention control in human history. So I think we all know that the only way somebody is going to learn is if they pay attention. And Google is saying that they have that. They have your attention. So you're going to learn from them. We're learning from them. There is a, uh, another guy that is CEO of a robotic company or something that says, on a scale between candy and crack cocaine, it's closer to crack cocaine. I think we're all guilty of letting our child use a screen for entertainment a time or two. I know we have. They're saying, people are saying that it's close. We're giving our children crack cocaine more than we are giving them candy. On that scale, giving our child digital entertainment to pass the time so that we can get something done, we're offering them and a very addictive drug so I want to not leave you without encouragement because I think that there is hope here yet. There's a lot of hope here, a lot of promise. If we look at the latter part of this uh, chapter in Ephesians 5, that we walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time, submitting to one another, accountability, um, so if the husbands are care about their home, about their children, about their wife, do you care, men? Do you care enough to do something? I think sometimes that I said there's a lot of hope here, and what I mean by that is that Jesus says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And I believe that this is a reality that we're going to have to feel to uh, stay out of the rut where everybody, it seems like everybody's going. And that is we have to deny ourselves the pleasure and the, the, the um, yeah, the pleasure that social media gives us or our wives or our children because it is I guess, I mean, the choice is yours, but if you want more evidence, there's a lot more out there. So the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So let's be wise as serpents and look at what is happening and not allow that to tear 
the, the structure down that we have here as a body of Christ, as a family of God, we can overcome that. And there are ways to do that by, by submitting to one another and to, to uh, be wise in everything that we do. So uh, God bless you as you um, journey through life in this era of time. I think it's a dangerous time, but the Lord Jesus has said that he will never leave us or forsake us, and I believe he is here, and I believe he will help us through this. But I just want us to be aware of what it is to him. Maybe not as much to us, but as to the children, because they are the next generation of the church, and we need to take care of them. Shall we pray? Why don't you stand to pray? Let's pray. Father, we come before you this evening and we just thank you that for the promises that you have given us, that you will never leave us or forsake us. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that helps us to discern right from wrong and for the grace that the Holy Spirit gives us to overcome the wrong and to walk as children of light. And Father, I pray that you would enable us all to, to uh, walk after you and to be wise as we go through life. Help us to make choices that draw us and our children closer to you and that protect the, the body that you have given us. Father, help us to realize that our body is a temple of, for your spirit to dwell in. And Father, I pray that you would help us to care about that and to guard it against the, the destruction that could happen to it. Father, we thank you for Jesus, for all that he has done for us, for the promise that he will come back for the faithful. And we pray that you would go with us and guide us in your peace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can be seated.